Welcome to the Common Good Show with Juanita Farrow, a show where we inform, inspire, and empower you, our listeners, our businesses, and our communities for the common good of humanity. Be the change that you want to see in the world. And we can do that one heart, one mind, one thought at a time. Again, you're listening to The Common Good Show, and I am your host, Juanita Farrow. And today, we have an exciting show for you. We are talking about healing through power, P-O-W-E-R, which stands for prayer, obedience word, exaltation, and reconciliation. And our guest with us today is Reverend Dr. Evelyn Johnson. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about her before I bring her on the show. I'm so excited that we're doing the show. Reverend Dr. Evelyn Johnson is a bilingual American of Puerto Rican heritage. She was born and raised in the Lower East Side of Manhattan in Alphabet City, New York City. She has been married for 27 years to Brother Arthur Lewis Johnson. They have three sons, 11 grandchildren, and two great-grandchildren. Evelyn retired as an early childhood educator. Evelyn is an associate pastor to Reverend Andre Jefferson, Sr. at Bethel African Methodist Episcopal Church in Hampton, Virginia where she is affectionately known as Reverend E.J. She has served as a member of the Senior Gospel and 9-11 Choirs, Secretary of the Commission of Christian Education, the Christian Women's Fellowship, and the Ministerial Staff, member of the Prayer and Praise Team also. Additionally, she served in the Outreach Ministry to Senior Citizens in Nursing Homes. She is the author of Please, Praises, and Promises, a personal devotional guide to 36 two-liner psalms for people on the go. And also, she is the author of Moving from Bitterness to Betterment, Surviving the Pain of Abuse. Surviving the Pain of Abuse. And her next book coming up, Seven Commandments for Home Health Care, Do's and Don'ts for Providers. She studied for two years in early childhood education at City College in New York before moving to Virginia in 1988. And in 2001, she earned a Bachelor's of Arts in Religion degree from Hampton University. Yay, go Hampton! <laughs> she completed her ministerial training at the Board of Examiners of the AME Church earned a Master of Divinity from Payne Theological Seminary, a Pastoral Care and Counseling, and a Doctor of Ministry degree from Regent University School of Divinity with a major in Leadership and Spiritual Renewal with a concentration on Community Transformation. Wow, that is a lot. Help me welcome to the show, Reverend Dr. Evelyn Johnson. Welcome to the show. Well, hello. Thank you for welcoming me. 
Ms. Juanita. You are so welcome. I am so glad to have you on the show with such a wealth of experience. And I'm really excited about today's show because I know that your goal today is to really talk about how you're writing and the books, how you use that information to, to bring hope to others who want to be healed from the wounds of the past and the present as they desire to move forward into the future. And I think that is so powerful. It's a great way to start our new year. So I'm really excited about that. So I am going to jump right in and, and ask you the first question, if that's okay. All righty. Excited about it. Thank you. You are welcome. So uh, now tell me, how long have you had the desire to write? I mean, when did your writing start? When did you know that, that this is what you really wanted to do? When I was a little girl, I think about the age of nine, I just started writing things that were happening to me, and I just couldn't put the pen down and just started writing here and there, and I said, I want to write someday. Mm. You know, I just didn't know what was happening, but I just <laughs> I just did. I just started writing little things that were going on with me, taking notes here and there, you know, and I thought I was born with a pen. <laughs> well, that's really interesting that it started when you were a child, so there was something that you knew that you just liked to write, pen to paper, so to speak, at an early age. Yes. Yes, well, it was amazing. Yeah, yeah, well, that, that's really that's really interesting, being that that's been a very long history of doing this, so it was it was something that um, early on you knew that you wanted to do. But just specifically, you're interested in writing nonfiction. Now, why why nonfiction? What is it about nonfiction that appeals to you? What it is about nonfiction is that it's real, real life situations that I feel that others also experience that there's some way, somehow, I will let them know what is going on with my life to be able mm. to help them. And for some reason, I just couldn't uh, write a novel. I don't know, maybe I was supposed to ask about it, <laughs> but um, I, I said, okay, Lord, I, I, this is what I'm writing. This is what you have me to write, what mm-hmm. my experience is. And it's just turned out to be nonfiction. Well, you know, there, there is nothing, I think, more powerful than telling our own stories. Um, because if you want someone to, to if you want to sort of change um, the behavior of someone, I think that person knowing what you've been through will help them to understand that you know what you're talking about. You're not just talking about something you've learned in, you know, academia. You're talking about something that you've experienced for yourself. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. One of the things that you talk about is is that, now this is amazing because you say you're a woman, you're Hispanic, and you were raised in the hood. So obviously, you know, there was a feeling that you were not going to make it, um, that the odds were against 
new because, I mean, we say that in our society today that if you are born under in certain conditions and certain um, geographic areas or communities, that your chance of getting out of those communities to really make something of yourself is, is very slim. So what, what do you say about that? Yes, absolutely. That is correct. Um, with me, what happened is as I was um, growing up, I, well, I grew up in a multicultural, you know, uh, environment. So mm-hmm. at, at that time when I started, you know, n- noting down, you know, things about my my um, my life, I did not see, it was like about 10 years old, 11 years old, I did not see anything like anything would be against me. I did not, you know, everybody got along and all of that. Until later on, it was an awareness. Like when um, uh, in the 60s, uh, um, Martin Luther King, you know, when I was um, seeing what happened to him and the civil rights movement, that's when I started saying, wait a minute, something's going on here. Perhaps, you know, this is not going to be, something's going to deter me from, trying to become a writer or something in my life. I live in the hood, you know, I'm Hispanic. Mm-hmm. But prior to that, I did not I did not have that awareness of that. You know, it was mm-hmm. you know, seeing what was going on, you know, that then I was like, oh, no, this is not going to happen. You know, but then when I um, went back to the church, I was away from the church for a while, and I started mm-hmm. getting that spiritual uh, uh, nourishment and the... Um, mm-hmm. Uh, you can do this, and you will, you know, uh, um, survive. And I left New York. That is when uh, I said, yes, I can do this. I can be somebody. I could get out of the neighborhood, you know, the hood mm-hmm. like they call it in the Lower East Side. I can mm-hmm. do this, you know. And so how, about how call. old were you? About how old were but, you at that time when you started to realize I can do this? What what age were you? Do you remember? Yes, I was about. 13, 13 years old, something like wow. that, so 13 or wow. 14, right. So I just kept on writing to that. I didn't know where that was going to lead me, you know, mm. <laughs> but I just did it, you know, and I said, wait a minute, it has nothing to do with, you know, where I come from and if it's my determination, you know, that it's going to get me through, and I'm a child of God, you know, so, right. It was, well, it was early, not that early on, but like about the teenage time. Right, right. So it, it was your, your, your faith and um, your, your spirituality, I mean, that, that it really gave you the strength to know that there was something more and that you could do this. There was hope there. And that was, yes. that was at an early teenage Because I think now during those teenage years, you know, there is that among our, our teenage population, our millennials or, you know, those young younger people, is there is a sense, especially coming from certain communities, that you can't do it and then yes. the expectations are low or in the in, in some respects they're lower and so you grow up thinking, Well, you know, I'm probably not gonna get out of here anyway, so why should I bother to do this or that the other? Correct. Yeah, that's correct. Those are wow, feelings that we have because of mm-hmm. the environment, because of all those, you know, dynamics involved in the upbringing. Wow, it, it's mm-hmm. really amazing. I was um, I was at a conference a couple of years ago, and I heard this 
that in one of the cities, and, and I won't mention the name of the city, but in a particular city in, in the country, um, if you go just a few miles from one area of that community to another area of the community, I think it's less than a couple of miles in, in terms of a different zip code, that your chance of survival is 30 years longer in one community than the other community. In other words, your life expectancy is 30 years, a 30-year difference um, between those communities. So obviously in, in, in one of those communities, the expectation of living longer, um, you know, is very, it, it, you know, there's, it's very slim that you will live longer because whether it's, you know, many different factors, crime, and many other factors that happen in that community sort of decrease the probability that you'll ever get out. But that was something that was so striking to me is that, you know, there's something going on there where there's very low expectations, and because of the environment, it is just very difficult um, for people to really live a long, prosperous life. So I think children do grow up thinking, you know, um, I'm not even sure that I'm going to make it out of my teens um, in this community because of the situation and things that I'm seeing. And that's really traumatic for anyone, much less a teenager. So I, I think that's an excellent point you're making. That is really powerful. Look, we're going to go to break now because on, the, on that note because I think that that's a really powerful place to leave off. And when, we're gonna, when we come back, we're going to dig deeper into asking you your question, asking you questions about your book and sort of the thoughts behind your writing and um, help us to share, um, gain some more insight on basically your, um, your, your books. So we will be right back. You've been listening to The Common Good Show with Juanita Farrow, and I am your host, Juanita Farrow, and I'll be right back. Don't you go anywhere. Welcome back to The Common Good Show with Juanita Farrow, and I've been talking to Reverend AJ, she calls herself, Reverend Dr. Evelyn Johnson, and we have been talking about healing through power, prayer, obedience, obedience word, exaltation, and reconciliation. And so I, I wanted to ask you, Reverend EJ, is uh-huh. that um, your devotional that you wrote, Please Praises and Promises, was released in 2011, and Moving from Bitterness to Betterment was released in 2015. So you yes. write the devotional before you wrote your memoir. So what, what was the reason for that? Okay. The reason for writing the praise first was um, it really was an interruption because I started my memoir years, years ago. Like, like I said, maybe around when I was 10 years old. Mm. But then as as uh, all the experiences that I went through with abuse and, you know, um, uh, all the challenges in my life, I had this, um, what like I say, bitterness. I had this resentment and this bitterness towards the people who had uh, abused me and taken advantage of me. So I, I had to stop that book and get some sort of a deliverance before I continued in order to write 
to help others in order to write and let them know that I had all of these feelings, you know, conquered, you know. So that's when the Lord gave me the mm. peace, the praises, and the promises. But I had started years ago with the moving from bitterness to betterment. I just didn't have the title back then. I didn't know what was going on. I just knew I had a right about being abused. And then when I came to that meeting, writing the pleas, places, and promises while I was in seminary, that's when I got the release and the deliverance to forgive these people who had done all these things to, my, to me, you know, in my, in my um, early childhood and through my adult life. So then wow. that's when I resumed the writing on, yes, on the moving from vitamins to vitamins. But I first had to, you know, go into the prayer with God because, you know, you have to pray with God. You don't just pray to God. You have to, it's a conversation that you're having. Amen. So I yes. had to, yes, I had to um, pray to God and listen to God. So upon listening to God, that's where I was, the obedience you know, to God, and God told me, go here or go there, and I did, you know. And then, of course, studying studying the Word of God, you know, in order to, you know, write this book. And the inspiration from this book was with uh, one of my sons who um, was always uh, reciting the Psalms, and I said, what a beautiful book, you know. So the Lord gave me that inspiration, and then that's when after my deliverance, then I was able to conclude the moving from business mm. to betterment, right, well, to help others, yes. Mm-hmm. Well, that certainly makes a lot of sense. So you had to go through the process of forgiveness yes. and the healing yes. yourself in order to be able to help someone else and really tell yes, your story. Yeah, yes. you know, that makes so much sense. Yes. I, and I, and I, it, it makes me think about sometimes you know, that not being able to forgive and how not forgiving, how that impacts everything you do in your life because you always have that cloud. I mean, you know, there's a saying that forgiveness is not just for the other person, but it's also for you because that's yes. what helps you heal, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And if I want, I want my Heavenly Father to forgive me, I have to forgive others no matter what. Mm, you know mm-hmm. how hard it is, and at that moment you don't understand it, but you just do it because you want God to forgive you, and then God will show you, you know, these people, they are acting out of the flesh, you know, so we sometimes feel sorry for people like that, you know, so that helped me to move on, and I can't well, it, that with me any longer. It gave you power. Um, yes. And that process of healing and forgiveness gave you power to be able to to do the things that you needed to do or to fulfill your purpose here on this earth, you know, because we're all created, I believe, with a purpose in our life. Yes. And that's basically, um, it helps you to be able to do that, fulfill that, because had you not been able to go through the healing process yourself and the forgiveness yourself, then it would have been really hard to fulfill your purpose here on earth. So there's absolutely. a reason why we have to, to, to do that. And so yeah, that makes absolutely sense that um, now that you speak about it as to why you would have written that devotional first. So I, I wanted to ask you, though, because in the devotional, 
you dedicated it only to particular psalms. I think there were 36 psalms that you focused on. What was the reasoning right. behind that? Okay, in each psalm they had um, a personal from the person to God. Not all the psalms are written from uh, a, a, a personal um, uh, the personal um, level. It's um, mm-hmm. if you will see that some of them are we, you know, mm-hmm. oh Lord, we, you know. So these are the ones that are I from I to to God, and they were specifically thirty six of them that dealt with please, which is you know praying, you know uh, mm-hmm. asking God and praises and the promises, and they were I had to search for them because they were personal. It was not uh, read a congregation or you understand this what I'm saying? Uh, this part. Yes. And I was like, this is weird. This is okay, but Lord, this is what you want. <laughs> this is what you want. And they were devo- devotionals that if, if I'm suffering from anxiety, I'll go to my table of contents and specifically right. instead of searching through the whole Bible, it's right there. See what I'm saying? Right, exactly. Yes. And I just exactly. found it so unique how God mm-hmm. used, used uh, um, those particular um, uh, psalms to bring this point across. Wow, that's powerful. That's powerful. So you looked to him for guidance, and that's what he gave you. He gave you guidance yes. to be able to to have the, the things that you needed in order to be able to devote book to that. Um, so yes. I wanted to ask you because in your in your book, um, the the second book that you wrote, moving from bitterness to betterment, that was released in 2015, you talk about the the physical and the sexual, the verbal, the emotional abuse that was inflicted inflicted upon you since childhood, and uh, and you describe your bitterness uh, for those things happening to you. Um, so I want you to talk about that a little bit because how were you able to move from, you know, being bitter and angry and, and upset because of that to a place that gave you power and strength? Right. So when, um, as I was a child, as a child, then, you know, you have persons from your um your, even your own family members who uh-huh. try to touch you and, you uh-huh. know, get um, you know, sexual and, you know. Yeah. Uh, I had the desire to seek revenge, you know, and I was upset and angry. I was scared, of course, uh-huh. you know. Uh-huh. But I just wanted to do something about it, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. But well, there was nothing really to do, you know, because I was scared to let anybody know, you know. And they probably told you not to share that with anyone, not to tell anyone. Did right. you ever hear well, that? Did they tell you that? Well, no, not specifically, though, mm-hmm. because one, one of the um, – one of the incidents that happened to me was when I was uh, a few times asleep and um, this person would 
come into my room, but very quietly. And mm-hmm. I just felt the person's touch, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But um, there were no spoken words, you know, or anything like okay. that. I was just scared to say anything, you know. Wow. That's, uh, right, that's on the, the sexual, you know, um, that's just one incident, really. Um, but when um, uh, physical was with my own, you know, my own parents who would, you know, just beat me for, you know, really no reason at all, you know. Um, Yeah, so I just was angry at that person, you know, so that I could not find the love that I needed to have for that person because I felt, you know, um, hurt inside and I felt it was unfair, the treatment was unfair to me. So um, getting past that, like I said, once I started going, to uh, resume my membership, well, not really, because I moved from one church to another. Um, mm-hmm. I, uh, when I became saved and I uh, became a Protestant uh, through the Bible study and sermons, mm-hmm. the fellowship with the people and all that, the mm-hmm. kindness, the love, all of that, and the Word of God is telling me that, you know, I am a child of God. I'm wonderfully made. You know, uh-huh. all of those things together was what helped me, the lust of the eye and the flesh and all of that, all of that you know, together. It was just a whole um, series of, of um, experiences that I had to go through in the spiritual ground where that helped me to see those who did these things to me as people who were um, governed by the world, by worldly mm-hmm. desires. Yeah. So yeah. through this word of God and going to church and fellowship with, you know, these great people, um, yeah, I just <laughs> you was well, you able know, to it, get that. People who inflict pain and, and trauma on others, yeah. usually themselves, they are broken themselves. Yes, they have yes. experienced things in their own lives, and, and they haven't healed. So what happens yes. is they take that same pain and the trauma and everything else, and they go yes. and inflict it on someone else because they haven't yes. healed themselves. And so that's why, you know, we, we have things like that that are passed down many times through generations yes. because Absolutely. they never heal along the way, and they just keep passing the pain and inflicting the pain on the next. Uh, generation and, and it's really sad but that happens yeah. so much in our country in our culture and we see that and it's really sad but you know um, at least you, you you've moved from the bitterness to the power yeah. and so and I, wanted, I wanted Absolutely. to talk about that yeah yes. about yes. That. Yes. what it was like to move to that place of power that's, that's what really helped me to understand that um, because we have these what they call generational curses, uh-huh. so that happened to the generation before that and the generation uh-huh. before that, you know, uh-huh. and many, many of the women in my family that I found out later on in life had kept yes. these secrets also uh, about yes. what had been done to them. Yes. That I mean, is so now. true. You know, they're gone now from labor to reward, 
and I could, you know, say that without mentioning names or anything like that. But, mm-hmm. um, but you know what I'm saying? It's like yes. um, uh, it's a release to know because something happened. That's a show called Criminal Minds where they focus on the person who's the, what they call the unsub, you mm-hmm. know, and they show us, the viewers, that, what they're doing to these other people, whatever they're doing, stabbing them, or they themselves had trauma uh-huh. when uh-huh. they were young. Something exactly. happened along the way that they went and inflicted this pain against them, just like you mentioned before, you know. Uh-huh. So not only going, not only the church and the word and everything, but also being aware of my environment and and just uh, discovering discovering what has happened in other cultures and in other, you know, um, families. And also when I went to um, uh, Regent University, there um, was a class, a course that we took, where it was being in tune into our inner selves. We had to go to the mountains, and uh, there was nothing there, no iPads, no phones, anything like that. It was just, us and God and uh, being true to ourselves, we had to take these uh-huh. um, evaluations about ourselves. Uh-huh. And, oh, my gosh, that is how I got to see me, you know, and wow. deal with me, you know, in order to see that, oh, my gosh, I am healed from this. And I met this person that did really a lot of damage to me, and I was able to bypass that and even give this person a hug. Yeah. Use it like that is major. And I said, God, you have given me the power to overcome this, you know, mm. to um be um this closer to you because Jesus a lot of things happened to Jesus. He was despised, he was beaten and he just went and died for our sins. You know, he just kept on going and he's in glory. You know, so Jesus bypassed everything that happened to him. So why can't I? So that's yeah. when I started being in tune into, you know, prayer and see all the scriptures that tell me that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, you know. Uh-huh. That's, well, what, that's the one that's carried me through. <laughs> sure. Oh, absolutely. But do you believe that you are healed now from from those past uh, past wounds. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think about them and I, and I see them as a, a learning experience as to bring hope to somebody else that not to try to take their lives, okay, mm-hmm. not to mm-hmm. be shut from the world, you know, but to go on, you know, keep on knowing that you are God's child. Yeah, God's child, and, and who better to love you than God? Nobody can love you like God loves you. And God forgave me for what my sins, you know? So you can't forgive me of my sins. God can. God will. God does. God has. You know? Right. So that's a powerful thing for me in my life. Look at me who I am. See what I'm saying? That's <laughs> so it's important for people to know who you are and who your creator is. So, I mean, you know, that person that hurt you didn't create you, and they haven't done anything for you, um, not like our creator has. And so, therefore, you know, you shouldn't give them the power. 
you right. know, because and it's not they, the power they, they, to harm anybody. You know, exactly. when you know, people take that word wrong, you know, they misinterpret the word power. You know, uh-huh. and it's not to hurt anybody; it's to get the, the gifts that God has given you to overcome all of these to things. Overcome. That's what power really is. It's about overcoming yes. the challenge. Overcoming, and you don't have to do anything to the person; <laughs> just give it to God. But you know, what's so really interesting is how we sometimes, it's the silence. Because there's silence, because people yes. don't talk about these issues that much. I mean, yes. like you said, the secret through generations yes. that have been kept, and you find them out later in life that all these secrets existed and no one ever talked about it. No one, ever, you know, you might have suspected something was going on, maybe year, in years past or things that you've heard, but right. you never really knew and people didn't talk about certain things. And so there's so many secrets. And when there are secrets like that, you know, it, it, you, you lose power. Um, you only gain the power when you're able to to release, release, talk about it, um, seek healing, um, forgive, and those things. That's when you gain your power back, yes. right? It's you, so that that other person that harmed you or abused you, um, you know, that they don't have the power because and if you're quiet. You know, you don't talk about it and you don't release that, you know, that, that pain or, or, or forgive that person, then they have the power over you. You exactly. don't have your power. Exactly. Exactly, exactly. You know, God gives us the power to be strong and courageous mm. and to be scared. You know, mm-hmm. because God is wherever, wherever we go, God is there. Nobody's there with you all the time, 24-7, but God, you know. And he, he, did not give us, he did not give us the spirit of fear. No, the power of the sound mind. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. Well, this is really, this has really been uh, very, very powerful and um and very heartfelt, you know, for you to share your story because this is so important because so many people now are going through the, you know, the same thing or similar circumstances. Um, when you look yes. at the issues specifically having to do with domestic uh, violence in our country, um, it is yes. so common in our country and so many women are being impacted by, well, and men too, but women impacted by domestic violence and are, you know, are being murdered, are being killed. Um, and they're, you know, the children and the whole family, literally, kill through some kind of yes. act of, of, of domestic violence. And that is just so sad. And we really have not addressed that issue very much in this country. But it's something that we all need to talk about because it impacts all of us, whether directly or indirectly, because we know someone who's going through it. Yes, absolutely. We have to be transparent. You know, we have to be encouraging, give examples. You just can't go and tell, you know, well, you're going to be better. No, why? How? How? Show me Exactly. Give me an example. Have you been Mm -hmm. through what I have? You can't say to a person, um, 
uh, I know what you're going through. No, you understand what they're going through, but you uh-huh. don't know. You don't know how the person feels. Uh-huh. You know, you know how you felt, so you have to encourage and help. You know, yes, yeah, absolutely. And this has to come out more in the open. You know, so that we That's may true. help each other. Uh huh. Yeah, we need to do. There needs to be more of a support system because I think when people understand, you know, they may not know. Sometimes you feel like you're the only one that's dealing with a particular issue. Um, you right. just feel like that. You feel isolated, all alone. And when they know through someone else sharing their story, is you're not the only one. You know, there are others. Uh, you know, I may have gone through the same thing. And so that helped, that empowers people to be able to either remove themselves from a situation um, and get out of that situation um, or, you know, tell their story, which is empowering. So I, I thank you for that. I thank you so much for sharing your story. And this has been excellent. I mean, it's just an excellent um show so far. Um, We're going to take a short break now and we're going to come back and continue to talk to Reverend EJ um, sharing her story and about how um, healing, um, the process of healing and and forgiveness and how that gave her power to be able to do the things that she needed to do and lead a purposeful life here on this earth. I think that's just so incredibly powerful, and we want to hear more about that. So we're going to take a short break now, um, and we will be right back. You've been listening to The Common Good Show with Juanita Farrow, and we will be right back. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to The Common Good Show with Juanita Farrow, and I've been talking to Reverend EJ, and we've been talking about the healing power, healing through power, which stands for prayer, obedience, word, exaltation, and reconciliation. And I want to bring her back on the show. Reverend EJ, I, I want to ask you this. Um, I saw that you have two favorite scriptures, and the first one is Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. And I love that one too. It's one of my favorite. And there's a second one, which is also Philippians which is 419, is, but my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory through Christ. Now, I want you to talk about, you know, why those scriptures, were there particular circumstances that made you uh, choose those as your favorite scriptures or anything that would have caused that? Why are they your favorite scriptures? Well, they're my favorite scriptures. Uh, First of all, Philippians 413 um, there's so many, so many things that I have done in my life, and uh, mm-hmm. I've been um, through uh, top-notch schools. I say that's one thing, which I'm very, mm-hmm. very happy that the Lord had led me to, you know, um, uh, Hampton University, Regent, you know, City College, and all that. And it's tough. It's tough, you know, trying yes. to be a, a mother, a wife, a student you know, minister. So in every instance that I felt kind of any kind of weakness or something, I would always recite that Philippians 413. Mm-hmm. I just fell in love with it, you know. Mm-hmm. And I felt that if Paul had gone through all the circumstances with him and his church, then I said that could happen in my life too. 
you know. So in seminary, when I thought I couldn't go anymore, I would say I can do all things. And all things meant anything that God had for me to do. You know, that's the all. Not that I'm a Hercules or, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, lift up the world and my shoulders, but so that um, whatever uh, circumstance I was um, felt weak, I called upon God and I said, I know I can do this that is happening. This the all is included in whatever God had for me. So mm-hmm. at its one seminary, board of examiners, also tough times, and this dissertation, my, 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 you know, my husband being uh, uh, ill and having leg amputation, I had knee surgeries, and, you know, mm. a lot of things, we were displaced from our, our apartments through floods and on Easter's three times. We had wow. lost a lot of things, right, and then that's where... But my God shall supply all your needs. God gives us double mm. for our trouble. You know, so we were one time almost homeless when we came back home from um, uh, the mountains when I was pastoring. Uh, we had to uh, almost, our house almost went into foreclosure. We lived in a hotel for a couple of months until I fought to try to get into an apartment. So, you know, uh, through God, this is all through God. So, at that moment, in those times when we lost a lot of uh, material, mm-hmm. material wow. belongings, still we yeah. did not lose our faith. Oh, you know? wow. And God supplied everything that we needed. And I'm talking about like five times in our life as my husband and I went through. So those oh, are my scriptures God. that I hear to them. I believe them. You know, and when I hear somebody reciting them, I'm like, hallelujah, inside of me. Because they are true. They are true. That's my scripture. Yes. And yes. you are a living witness to that. What a powerful testimony yes. that is. Wow. Yes. My God. Yes. It's not just saying it. It is living it. It's Ooh. living it. It's living hallelujah. it. Hallelujah. Wow. So, so I, I want to add, well, I want I want to tell you this because I know that there are listeners out there to this show today who have been listening to your interview and, you know, they, you are speaking to them. You, you really are. So I want you, you know, in your own words, to give some advice or encouragement to someone out there who may be going through a difficult time now, um, you know, and, and, extend, and really not knowing what to do or where to go. I want you to speak to that person now. Well, hello. Hi, all. Oh, my gosh. Uh, this has been such a wonderful experience right here. Mm-hmm. Um, talking about my own life and how God has delivered me and how I ask God to deliver me. Yes, because um, God does not impose himself on anyone. You know, you have to invite God into your life, you know. Mm-hmm. So if you are experiencing any kind of hardship, any kind of uh, abuse, any kind of uh, losing your faith for some reason or other, any thoughts of uh, ending this life, any thoughts of shutting yourself from anyone else, just remember God God is there. God, give all of that to God. God is, oh, my gosh, God is your healer. God is your mentor. God is your friend. God is your lover. You know, God loves you, so God loves you. 
So if you're thinking about, you know, giving up, trust God before mm-hmm. anything else because God delivers, you know. God will, will you know, he will uh, uh, renew your strength. You know, that scripture that says, uh, Isaiah forty thirty one, but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. Mm-hmm. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall mm-hmm. run and not be weary. They shall walk. And not saying, that is the true scripture. That right there is power in itself, you know. But you have to forget mm-hmm. about whatever uh, negative things are in your life. Wait on God. Trust on God. God will give you the desires of your heart. And he will strengthen you, will be with you. You can do anything to Christ. God, with God, nothing is impossible. So hang in there. Fellowship with other saints. Uh, get yourself a circle of persons who are believers, mm-hmm. who speak positive things to you. Write sticky notes um, in your refrigerator, on your walls, saying, I am wonderfully made. I am the head and not the tail. I can do all things through Christ. I am a child of God. I am blessed going in, blessed coming out. All of those wonderful things about yourself. And you will see the power of God working you. Reconcile with the brother. Forget about what your brother or your sister did. Give it to God. Move before above that. You know, say, if God forgave me, I can forgive too. Because you want to do, exercise the gifts that God has given you. You are here for a purpose in God's perfect plan. So you have to be be, uh, um, in, in prayer with God. Not just pray to God. Listen to God. Or be obedient. It might be hard, but be obedient. Going to seminary was hard. I left everything behind. My husband went with me. But look at God. I got my master's over there and came back and continued on. See what I'm saying? Yeah. So just, just hanging there. And you're wonderfully made. You know, God has plans for you. You are here for a purpose. God has mm-hmm. plans for you. That to prosper you and not for evil. That's coming from Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Amen. And he will restore Amen. your fortunes and give you double for your trouble. Remember Job. <laughs> Our God is an awesome God. Oh my gosh. Wow. Thank, you. Thank, you. Thank, you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. What a powerful, powerful testimony and words of, of wisdom there. I thank you so much for, for being on this show today. Now, oh, I know that you. there are going to be listeners who want to reach out to you after the show. So why don't you um, give information, give your contact information so if um, a listeners want to follow up with you or they want to order your book, they will be able to do so. Okay. Amen. Yes, I would love to hear from you. Oh, my gosh, people are so amazing. People are so amazing. Um, um, my email address is, um, in lowercase, is R.S. and Robert, E.S. and Edward, V.S. and Victor, E.S. and Edward, J. for Johnson, 2003 at yahoo.com. And you could um, purchase my books from Amazon.com or Barnes & Noble, you know. So um, I'd be just so happy to hear from you. Let me know um, what uh, inspiration or, or what, mm-hmm. uh, anything that you receive from the show. 
this is an amazing, amazing, amazing woman of God. I'm just so happy that I met her. <laughs> Amen. So keep tuning in and uh, let me know how it went. <laughs> oh, thank you, you so much. Thank you so much. And we thank you, our listeners, for listening to the Common Good Show. Um, and we had such a wonderful show here. Um, Reverend Dr. Evelyn M. Johnson, be sure to go and, and order her books on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Send her an email, R-E-V-E-J 2003 at yahoo.com, and let her know how you're feeling and how this show has blessed you today. Reverend Dr. Evelyn M. Johnson. Um, Dr. Johnson, we thank you so much for being on the show today with us and for your wonderful um, words of wisdom and your testimonies. It's been so inspiring to us. Thank you again. Amen. Thank you. God bless you. And we look forward to... We look forward to another show next week, every Tuesday at 4 o'clock, The Common Good Show with Juanita Farrow. We just had an excellent show. But tune in to us every weekday, Tuesdays at 4 o'clock, WDJY 99.1 FM. We look forward to another show next week. Thank, thank you and have a wonderful week. <laughs>